This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. You gotta go to the Lonesome Valley. You Maycomb was an old town, but it was a tired old town when I first knew it. In rainy weather, the streets turned to red slop. Grass grew on the sidewalks, the courthouse sagged in the square. Somehow, it was hotter then. A black dog suffered on a summer's day. Bony mules hitched to hoover carts flicked flies in the sweltering shade of the live oaks on the square. Men's stiff collars wilted by nine in the morning. Ladies bathed before noon after their three o'clock naps and by nightfall were like soft tea cakes with frostings of sweat and sweet talcum. People moved slowly then. They ambled across the square, shuffled in and out of the stores around it, took their time about everything. A day was 24 hours long but seemed longer. There was no hurry for there was nowhere to go. Nothing to buy and no money to buy it with. Nothing to see outside the boundaries of Maycomb County. But it was a time of vague optimism for some of the people. Maycomb County had recently been told that it had nothing to fear but fear itself. Hello and welcome to Novels, Plays and School Days, our school's education series around Junior Cert and Leaving Cert English. Today we're looking at the classic To Kill a Mockingbird, which is part of the Junior Cert cycle. And I'm joined in studio today by Laura Doak, teacher Laura Doak, and the third year students from Mount Temple Comprehensive. You're very welcome to the studio, Laura. Thank you. And uh, if I can just go around and you can all introduce yourselves from left to right. Uh, I'm Faith Jones. I'm Cal Harrison. I'm Anna Power. I'm Katie Eger. Brilliant. You're all very welcome to the studio. It's great to have uh, an initiative with Mount Temple, which was my old school. And going to the 2010 Junior Cert Ordinary Level paper. And what it asked in that paper was, name a novel or short story you've studied in which a character faces terror, racism or betrayal. And how did you think the character coped with that problem? So, I mean... The, the obvious one from To Kill a Mockingbird is, is racism. Scout had to, like, cope with the problem because her dad, like, was being the person who, like, was the lawyer of Tom Robinson and he had to, like, his daughter had to deal with, like, getting slagged because her dad was considered a... I can't really say the word, but, it, like, she was considered to love things and, like, he wasn't... She was getting, the, like, abuse for that from her friends from school and things and her dad, like told her to fight with her head before fighting with them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the thing you're, you're not saying is that throughout the book they use the word nigger and her father yeah. is told he's a nigger lover and it's okay to use that within the context of discussing about the book. Uh, did you find that shocking when that word came up in the, in the book the first time you read it? Yeah. 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 And what do you think about the character of uh, Boo Radley? Because the kids are kind of obsessed with him, aren't they, at the beginning of the story? Yeah, uh, I think that at the start, everyone thinks Boo Radley's like some crazy psychopath, but then, like, you learn how, like, sweet he is when he leaves the kids' little presents in the tree, and then in the end, when, you know, he saves Jem and Scout, that he actually, like, means well, and he's not like what everyone in Maycomb thought he was. 
Yeah, yeah. And there's there's also that idea that he's seen as something evil. They talk about yeah. this phantom that had come out of the house and had stolen things in the area. And even though everybody knew it was actually somebody else that had done that, there's this whole myth that develops around him. But in the end, it's really the ordinary people of Maycomb and the the white people of Maycomb that seem to be more menacing, don't they? Would people agree with that? Or? Yeah, yeah definitely. Like the Yules. I think uh, Boo shows us, the, two, the whole Boo uh, plot shows us two things. One is the whole idea of growing up. Um, and I think this is why so many people can relate to this novel, because we all have elements of um, our own childhood within this novel. We all had, you know, somebody at the end of the street where that we talked about or a ghost story or some sort of like ogre that everyone was frightened of. We all are um, prone to prejudice. And, I, you know, um, it, it's not only with Boo, it's also with uh, Tom Robinson in this novel. And, and that's why I think um, this, this novel kind of uh, connects with so many people. Okay, uh, did you think that the novel or the story had a good ending, they ask in that? Well, I really I really liked the ending because um like it really showed that like how it was like back then and like that um the, like the white person really does win even though like the black person was right and like it wasn't really right but like that it was really realistic. Yeah, yeah. And it I suppose it didn't go for the uh the the Hollywood ending which would have seen them win their case and everybody walks free. It was realistic in that sense as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very realistic as well. I wonder, would they make a film like this now? Uh, I wouldn't say they'd make it because of what goes on now, that like they're trying to uh, be anti-racism, but if they brought that in, like they'd probably think of being upstairs and that type of thing. So. Yeah, and do people think America is still a racist society? Yeah, yeah. depends on where you are, though, as well. I mean, like, the southern states would be known more for racism, like in this book, but... Uh, I think it is becoming more of a an accepting place. Like, look how the um, marriage equality was passed over there and it was passed over here as well. But, I mean, they passed it, which was, like, a big deal over there. So, I mean, like, uh, I think they are moving along. I think everybody's kind of moving along. But the reason it's a classic is because everyone can relate to it at, the, at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. When we looked at the question from 2010 where they asked you to look at a character where they faced terror, racism or betrayal and how the character coped with that problem, more or less the same question comes up in 2011, Ordinary Level, where you're asked to name a character and to describe a difficult situation that they, they faced. So in the last question, they're giving you the three areas. But in this question, you can pick any character and any difficult situation. So do, what characters do we think faced a difficult situation? Jem uh, did the way he had to um, kind of remove himself because he was coming into that age where he was 13 and he was getting older and his six-year-old sister was, you know, following him around. And he just wanted to be like kind of a lad's lad and he kind of had to take himself away because it was he found it embarrassing, I guess, for his sister to be following him. But uh, the way he like dealt with it was he uh, <clears throat> he went away for a while and then he came back when he realised that it was okay for him to be friends with his sister because his sister was like the best friend he was ever going to have. So yeah, it deals with that quite well, doesn't it? Kind of um, younger siblings watching older siblings uh, growing up and how that changes their yeah. relationship as well. Jem was twelve. He was difficult to live with, inconsistent, moody. His appetite was appalling. And he told me so many times to stop pestering him, I consulted Atticus. Reckon he's got tapeworm. Atticus said no, Jam was growing. 
I must be patient with him and disturb him as little as possible. This change in Jem had come about in a matter of weeks. Mrs. Dubois was not cold in her grave. Jem had seemed grateful enough for my company when he went to read to her. Overnight, it seemed, Jem had acquired an alien set of values and was trying to impose them on me. Several times he went so far as to tell me what to do. After one altercation when Jem hollered, It's time you started being a girl and acting right. I burst into tears and fled to Calpurnia. And that was a clip from To Kill a Mockingbird where we're looking at the character Jem and Scout is talking about him growing up and, you know, how that affects her and her perception of it, which relates to what we were talking earlier about, um, you know, a difficult situation that Jem is faced with where he's growing up and, you know, he has to deal with his, his sister and her reaction. Um, in terms of... Uh, what do you think of how Scout interprets uh, all of the things that are that are happening? She's put down as quite naive, but do we think what she says is naive, or is it kind of like ideally this is what should the world should be like? Or I think she is pretty intelligent for her age, considering like most other six year olds wouldn't have a care in the world about that thing. But like she reads herself, like she also gets the news of the world because you can see that she's getting well educated by her father and like not by the school and i think um seeing the trial through the eyes of uh, the three children um really gives it a, a bigger impact you know when we we see after the trial verdict when when jem cries um and when he, before he's so um he's so sure that they're going to win because you know all the evidence is there um, but, you know, we know as an audience that, uh, you know, a, a white man isn't going to to um, isn't going to, to favour a, a black man. Um, it, it, it's more shocking. Again, do you remember when Dill um, ends up leaving the, the courtroom? He's crying because of the way um, that Tom Robinson is is treated. It makes us um, all the more sensitive towards it, I think. When when Tom Robins, Robinson turns around and says that he felt sorry for for Mayala Ewell. I think that's a huge turning point, isn't it? It really is that yeah. is de- that sentence. Yeah. That's when he was, everyone was just so sure that he was going to lose because he f- said he felt sorry for her. And with, like, racism, it should always, it was seen as, like, the white person was always superior to the black person. So for any black man to just say that was just, like, so surprising to them all that they were just shocked. I yeah. think he 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 actually says she seemed to try more than the rest of them, and that phrase in itself kind of seems to suggest that he was kind of looking down on her. And I don't think any court would then have um, ha- have ruled in favour of him because of that. Um, but it's a, it's a really dramatic moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really atmospheric scene, like. Yeah, especially at the end when he loses the case and he he's going to leave, everyone stands up and is like standing there side by side and just giving him a standing ovation for him trying to do his efforts, his best efforts to like free Tom Robinson. Yeah, what was it, the Reverend says to 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 stand up for your father? Do, do you remember this? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I thought in the film that the court scene was was done very well in the film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is this the man who raped you? Oh, certainly is. How? I don't know how. He done it. 
He'd just done it. You have testified that he choked you and he beat you. You didn't say that he sneaked up behind you, knocked you out cold, but that you turned around and there he was. You want to tell us what really happened? I got something to say. And then I ain't gonna say no more. He took advantage of me. And if you find fancy gentlemen ain't gonna do nothing about it, then you're just a bunch of lousy, yellow, stinking cowards. The, the whole bunch of you and your fancy ass don't come to nothing. Your mammon and your Miss May Ellen, it don't come to nothing, Mr. One of the great things about studying this book is there's so many um there's so many key moments, there's so many uh, interesting and varied characters um, that, you know, there's a myriad of things that we can discuss. But just be careful, particularly at honours level, when you are approaching a question, uh, you have 25 minutes to write about this. You should be writing, um, you know, a minimum of around one, one and a half, A4, um, uh, uh, be careful about what characters or what things you choose to write about. Make sure that you have an, an enough. Like for instance, Atticus is uh, a perfect character to to discuss because there's so many things that we can we can um, say about him. Um, and it's you know just be 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 careful. Do a little bit of thinking before you decide on what you're going to write about and plan it as well. Yeah, and this whole area of characters and characterization and knowing your characters is obviously key in terms of uh, studying your novel or your play. And in 2015, it asks you to look at a character and to talk about the strengths and weaknesses of a character and did that make him or her an interesting character. So I suppose, what about the character of Atticus? You know, what are his strengths and weaknesses? His strengths would be that he's always forgiven giving people chances and thing, but that's also his weakness at the same time because uh, he could have ripped into Myella Yule, but he didn't because he's too kind. But if he did, he probably won the case. Okay, you, yeah. you actually saw in the, in the court case and um, they described that he, he actually seemed in pain when he was questioning her. And at, at a vital moment, he kind of... He, kind of held back a little bit um, in the same way he shows this incredible compassion when when Bob Ewell uh, spits um, in his face um, and he says you know uh, if 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 that spared Myella Ewell one beating it's something that he'd gladly take you know um, so there are so many strengths for Atticus he's, he's polite to everybody he's uh, compassionate to everybody he's um, he's taken this case, a case that he knows is going to affect him personally. However, um, as always, and this is why it's a nice uh, question to look at, sometimes your strengths can also be your weaknesses, as Cal said. 
And and even his his sister Alexandria is trying to to warn him in a number of uh, passages in the book, isn't she? She's trying to when he's explaining to the kids that you know when they're worried that Bob Yule is going to, uh, to come after him, and uh, he reassures them. And I suppose in a way, it's a good strength of his character to reassure and make his kids feel comfortable. But what she's saying is, is that I hope you're not thinking this as well, because this could happen and he could come after yeah, you. Yeah, and it is very shocking, isn't it, at the end of the novel? We don't... Well, I certainly didn't think that Bobbio was going to physically attack uh, the kids. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it shows the beautiful structure of this novel. The novel opens uh, with the reference to, to, to Jem's uh, injured arm. And, you know, the end of the novel uh, shows us what what has actually happened. And, you know, it's it's a really nicely uh, crafted beginning, middle and end. And I suppose that that character of Aunt Alexandria as well, I mean, she um, is all about breeding and all about good stock and that, you know, that the finches come from, from good stock and she's slightly obsessed with it as well when it isn't really clear whether they do come from good stock or not. But if you were looking at, say, her character... And you were looking at the strengths and weaknesses because she's quite a complex character. And it ch- do you agree that her character kind of changes from the beginning? Because at the beginning, she's um, quite austere and quite strict with Atticus. And, you know, she wants Scout to become a little lady. But that changes a bit, does it, throughout the novel, do we think? Well, she gets to know the kids as well. So that would also affect her, you know, views on Scout being a little lady, you know. But um, she... She does change, but it's clear that she's still got her old opinions. She's just kind of expanded them and opened her mind a little bit more and let in more. Yeah, and in terms of she would be seen as quite a cold character at the beginning, but there's uh, there's the scene where she has the ladies over at the the tea party. Uh, we'll just listen to a clip of that, and, and this is what happens when they find out that Tom Robinson has been killed, and she immediately realises that, you know, this is not the end of it, that this is going to drum up a whole lot of hassle for Atticus and for the family. And I find this quite surprising in this side of her that we see. Aunt Alexandra sat down in Calpurnia's chair and put her hands to her face. She sat quite still. She was so quiet, I wondered if she would faint. I heard Miss Maudie breathing as if she'd just climbed the steps, and in the dining room the ladies chattered happily. I thought Aunt Alexandra was crying, but when she took her hands away from her face, she wasn't. She looked weary. She spoke and her voice was flat. I can't say I approve of everything he does, Maudie, but he's my brother, and I just want to know when this will ever end. Her voice rose. It tears him to pieces. He doesn't show it much, but it tears him to pieces. I've seen him when. What else do they want from him, Maudie? What else? What does who want, Alexandra? Miss Maudie asked. I mean this town. They're perfectly willing to let him do what they're too afraid to do themselves. They might lose him a nickel. They're perfectly willing to let him wreck his health doing what they're afraid to do. They're... Be quiet. They'll hear you, said Miss Maudie. Have you ever thought of it this way, Alexandra? Whether Makem knows it or not, we're paying the highest tribute we can pay a man. We trust him to do right. It's that simple. Who? 
Aunt Alexandra never knew she was echoing her twelve-year-old nephew. The handful of people in this town who say that fair play is not marked white only. The handful of people who say a fair trial is for everybody, not just us. The handful of people with enough humility to think, when they look at a Negro, there but for the Lord's kindness am I. Miss Maudie's old crispness was returning. The handful of people in this town with background, that's who they are. Had I been attentive, I would have had another scrap to add to Jem's definition of background, but I found myself shaking and couldn't stop. I'd seen Enfield Prison Farm and Atticus had pointed out the exercise yard to me. It was the size of a football field. Stop that shaking, commanded Miss Maudie, and I stopped. Get up, Alexandra, we've left him long enough. Aunt Alexandra rose and smoothed the various whalebone ridges along her hips. She took her handkerchief from her belt and wiped her nose. She patted her hair and said, Do I show it? Not a sign, said Miss Maudie. Are you together again, Jean Louise? Yes, ma'am. Then let's join the ladies, she said grimly. Their voices swelled when Miss Maudie opened the door to the dining room. Aunt Alexandra was ahead of me, and I saw her head go up as she went through the door. So in that clip, that's when the the ladies come to, to the house and Aunt Alexandra has them over for one of her tea parties. And the um, the they just learned that Tom Robinson has been shot. So what do we think about um, Jem and Aunt Alexandra's interaction there? Because it changes, doesn't it? Do you think Jem's, or, or sorry, Scout, sorry, do you, do you think Scout's opinion of Aunt Alexandra changes yeah. in that scene? And how does it change, do we think? So up until then, what has uh, Scout's opinion of Aunt Alexandra been? Have they got on together? Has it been a good relationship? Or? No, because I think Scout, is always we see her wearing her dungarees and being like one of the boys with Jem. And then Aunt Alexandra, when she appears in the novel, she doesn't like it and she tells Scout that she should act proper and ladylike and she should be wearing dresses. And I think that's where they clash the most. I'd say it's fair enough at the time of what you, the glimpse you see of Alexandra, but like as you, it, the story unfolds, you see her true side come out and that's when you realise that like Scout's opinion was actually wrong the whole time, that she's actually nice... She just takes a while to show it. And so if we were looking at that character of Aunt Alexandra and trying to apply it to that question about character strengths and weaknesses, so what would you say were her strengths? That she wants to help out uh, and, you know, she knows that uh, Scout and Gem have lost their mother so she wants to be a role model for them. But that can also come across because she's clearly quite a a stubborn person mm. so that might be her strength and her weakness because she can help out as much as she can but then she might come across as being you know rude like scout thing she is but then yeah yeah, yeah. And, and what about her weakness then can you think of weaknesses she's a snob yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she um, even even tells um, Scout who she should be hanging around with. You know, um, she's obsessed with um, families and um, and uh, you know their their family history, and she's very quick to um, kind of take on all the kind of uh, rumors that there are about different different people within the community you know people drinking gin and, and, and things like that um, 
Uh, she's also, as are all the ladies, and I think Harper Lee wanted to show this, she's a hypocrite, you know, um, because they're there thinking they're wonderful um, at, at fundraising for these these poor black people, you know, um, outside of, of uh, America. But yet, she, you know, they show very little compassion for... Um, for the uh, the poor, the downtrodden in in, in their own community. Another thing that might uh, like it reminds me of is that uh, the Tea Party scene is quite like you know in the Help, the book The Help. It, uh, they have oh, like yes. a lot of scenes like that, and they're kind of the typical women. They're the stereotype of that time, you know. But she's kind of outside of it, uh, much like the character in The Help. But she's like outside of it, and she can kind of look in and see what's going on and be part of it. But she can also, as you said, like can report back to Atticus and be like, well, this is what the women of the club think, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. One of the questions that comes up again and again is to look at relationships and the relationships that characters have. And maybe you could do the relationship between Alexandria and uh, Scout. Would there be enough in that, Laura, for a question, do you think, or should people... Certainly, you you could. I mean, um, there's definitely something there, but... Um, and I think Atticus and Scout would possibly be a better yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a better one to, to look at. Calpurnia is also um, quite a moral guide as well. You know, remember it's Calpurnia that um, scolds uh, Scout about her poor treatment, um, the Cunningham boy. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. the yeah. dinner table. Yeah. I, I think they really respect her though. Like, I think that was the way they were raised. And like, I think even Atticus respects her a lot. Like, he like drops her home and like doesn't like like you're like you know being in any trouble or anything. Yeah, and I think uh, Harper Lee uses her as a, a very strong, positive, um, a black role model. You know, um, and when when she says that Tom Robinson um, and his family are clean living folks, you know, uh, we we can trust that. You know, do you do you remember guys um, the scene when? Uh, the kids are brought to uh, Calpurnia's church and uh, the reaction of some of the black community to it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. some of them weren't impressed and some of them welcomed them with open arms. Absolutely, because, you know, uh, uh, we see that, um, quite rightly, there, there there were some of the community that um, felt, felt aggrieved with the white community because of what's happening with Tom. One other uh, question that seems to come up as well is this whole idea of um, an unexpected development in the story and how that added to or didn't add to your enjoyment of the book. So can we think of, I mean, there's an obvious one with the book, but but, but let's deal with it. So so maybe, Cal, you can give us an example of an unexpected. Well, the very end when Bob Yule attacks the two kids, that was very unexpected. I actually thought when I read it that it was actually their friend sneaking up on them. I know, like, it was kind of you could kind of see that it wasn't, but like in my head, I don't know why it was just too intact with the book that I was like that I was intertwined with the words. So I didn't really go look into the future that was going to happen that they were going to get attacked. And even if you did, I wouldn't say you would not think that Bobby Yule actually attacked them, but he does. And it, then you know who saves the day, Boo Radley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is ironic, really, at the end yeah. of the book, isn't it? And that the way they have um, Scout inside the costume, so that she—that's quite clever. I always thought that was quite clever that yeah. she's in this ham costume made out of cardboard, and it saved her with the knife. Yeah, yeah exactly. And also, it adds to your kind of suspense because, as you say, you don't expect uh, Mister Yule to attack her, and you're not even sure when the attack is happening who is attacking 
because of um, her being inside the costume. Did you think that was a clever writing? Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of a detail that was kind of put in for kind of a rant. Like, I mean, I know it saved her, but it, it could have been anything that she was in. So it kind of like built up the suspense. And then it also showed the innocence of Scout because she's dressed up as a ham, like, and she's getting <laughs> yeah. attacked. Yeah. And it's actually quite funny. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 you know, that whole description of her is uh, quite funny and it lures you into a false sense of security, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, we, we really don't think that that kind of dark passage is going to happen very, very soon after, you know. <laughs> Um, it's a clever writing. I just wanted to look at the 2010 paper and um, what they asked you in the 2010 paper, and I just want to go round the, the table and ask people, is they asked you to rate the story on the following scale. Will change your life, highly recommended, a good read, average, disappointing. Um, I think it was a good read. Like, um, I thought it was very interesting and... Um, just really good in general like it was really realistic and really like helped you like helped like show you what it was really like back then like really like like how it's how much it's changed as well for the first few chapters i would say that it was like quite an average book because it was slow paced and I, I wasn't really interested in it that much but then when like all the main things started happening i thought it was a good read so like that's why i'd recommend it yeah okay uh, I'd say I'd highly recommend it, maybe more than that, because I mean, it really just kind of it shows how innocent people are, and it kind of marked when Scout's innocent innocence left her, and and then also it, it did. Um, everybody could relate to something in the book. It was it was a very relatable book to read. You know, like people could relate to the fact that there was the Boo Radley figure. People could relate to the fact of prejudice. People could re- like they could relate to something. You know, and it's got it's all it's got it all. It's got the memorable characters. Um, it's got tension. It's it, it's it's got a very clear message. Um, it's got something that everybody can relate to. You know, it's it's. Yeah, highly recommend. It's got a ham costume, so (laughs) (laughs) that's the main thing. This program was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.